Hey there, architecture enthusiast. Nikita Reed here, inviting you on an incredible journey through time and space with my podcast, Tangible Remnants. Historic preservation and sustainability? Let's go ahead right now and debunk the myth that they are opposites. In fact, they are two sides of the same coin, shaping our collective future. In a work environment, it has been challenging because I've had to probably do more than double just to make sure that I quote unquote fit in. But the environments that have allowed me to do me on the front end, I've been extremely successful. You look at all these PhDs, they've built that on the backs of our elders. Absolutely. What they consider themselves to be experts at is what they've worked with us to achieve. I know we have to. We have to prioritize people before products and before place. Join me as we unravel the stories of historic buildings shaped by the people of a specific era and often influenced by race and gender. These tangible remnants are windows into our past and guideposts for the future. Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe now to Tangible Remnants. Let's explore the interconnectedness of architecture, preservation, sustainability, race, and gender. Rikio Nishikau. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Nishikau. Aloha. Welcome back to She Builds Podcast, where we share stories about women in the design and construction field, one lady at a time. This time, we're having a wild card season. We will be discussing anyone for any reason. Today, we're going to talk about Mei Masako Nakatani Nishioka, the first woman to graduate with an engineering degree from the University of Hawaii and to become a licensed civil engineer in Hawaii. I'm Nurjiri Rivas, still thinking about what gifts to buy my family in Houston, Texas. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jessica Rogers, desperately needs to do some holiday shopping out of Miami, Florida. I'm Lizzie Rar, and I have my presents all wrapped and ready in San Francisco. Of course you of do. Of course you do. Yep, of course. Good job, Lizzie. Good job. Good job. Yeah, I'm getting on a plane in a day, so I got to be ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job. Makes sense. All right. Now it's time for our quick disclaimer. The three of us, we are not historians, nor are we experts on this subject. Um, we're just sharing stories about the information we find. So if we get our facts a little mixed up, please forgive us, send us a note or an email, and we'll all continue learning. It's so cool that we're going to talk about May today. She was a history-making, trailblazing engineer in Hawaii, involved in the development of Hawaii State University System, expanding higher education and academia, and a lifetime mentor and total inspiration. Oh, Hawaii. I went for the first time a few years ago, and it was so great. I can't wait to hear about May and all her Hawaiian adventures. Yes, this is exciting. Hawaii does have an interesting education system in regards to the AEC industry, so I'm excited. Let's get started. All right, let's do it. The time was 1929. The place, Hilo, Hawaii. Masako 
Nakatani was born. Everyone called her by her nickname May, so from now on, we will too. All right, May. Cool. That's my great-grandma's name, actually. Oh, cute! On your raw side? No, it's my mom's mom's mom. Oh, so not even daily. No, the Bennetts. Now everyone knows all your secret questions at the bank. Yep, all your family <laughs> history. Why don't you throw you the last... start changing them. <laughs> do your last four digits of your social I edit. Just blurt it all out. Spill it all. May was the middle child of Richard and Hanako Nakatani. May's older sister was Beverly and her younger sister was Dorothy. All daughters for Richard and Hanako. It's so interesting because Masako, which is like her full name, is so different from Beverly and Dorothy. Their mom, Hanako, was the very first woman of Japanese descent to graduate from the Queen's Medical Nursing Program in Hawaii. Ooh, very impressive. Yeah. The Queen's Medical Center is the largest private nonprofit hospital in Honolulu, Hawaii, and one of the leaders in Hawaii healthcare. Yeah. And I bet that it was a strong positive influence for May to see her mom be a first, break barriers, and have a career. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I bet it made her fearless. Hashtag be the change you want to see in the world. Yeah. Okay. Super quick random side note. Do y'all know the legend of Hanako-san? Not a clue. Nope. Unless it's related to the legend of Tefiti. <laughs> what was that? Wait, the Tefiti as a Moana? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I have to watch that one again to remember. But no, no, it's not related to that at all. <laughs> so I was on YouTube trying to learn how to pronounce the name Hanako. And I found this animated little video about a girl that supposedly died during a bombing in Japan in World War II while she was at the toilet in school. And now she haunts the third toilet stall of the third floor in every building. Okay. What? Yeah, there's like variations of the story, but that's the one that. I found the most weird because it's so specific. What? Wait, what? that's the legend? Okay, <laughs> now this is giving me some moaning Myrtle vibes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I bet you that she inspired JK mm. Rowling. Yeah. <laughs> so check this out. If you're brave enough, you have to knock on the particular stall three times and call out her name, and she may or may not drag you down the toilet with her. <laughs> okay, now this is giving me some Candyman vibes. There's there's <laughs> a lot happening here. I'm <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was like Beetlejuice meets Moaning Myrtle. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but Hanako-san's story probably older than both of those. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, or at the very least, it's a truer story, like that someone died on the toilet. Uh, at least truer than Beetlejuice <laughs> and Moaning Myrtle, who are both fictional characters. Yes, I mean, I suppose so. Well, that's just a fun little story. And yeah. I'll post the video on the show notes in case anyone wants to learn more about this <laughs> urban legend. Oh, my okay. gosh. <laughs> All right. 
Now back to our regularly scheduled programming. Yes, take us back. I can't remember where we left off. <laughs> okay, so Hanako in this story that we're telling, it's May's mother. So let's let's go there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's safe and sound. Mm-hmm. Not dying in any toilet. Good yep. God. <laughs> like we were saying, May's mom, Hanako, was pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. May's dad, Richard, was a civil engineer at Joss W. Glover General Contractors, and he would take May to work with him because she showed an interest from an early age in math. During high school, May started interning at the company, and her uncle, Minoru, was also an engineer at the same company. So he used to take May on job sites with him and trust her with complex calculations. So May could get all this hands-on experience at a really young age. I love this. This sounds so nice. Yeah, it sounds like she had a really supportive Ohana. Ohana meets family. And now I'm getting some Lilo and Stitch vibes. (laughs) Well, I don't know if you see this coming yet, but May was like, I'm going to be an engineer. Mm. And people told her, "Mm, but women aren't engineers. And she was like, well, they're about to be. Mm -hmm. And then people told her, but you're going to face double standards and discrimination. They won't let you do it. And May said, watch me. Watch me do me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, she did. And uh, yeah, here we are. Season seven. And we're still dealing with the same issue. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Always. Always. May pursued a degree in engineering at the University of Hawaii. On her first day of classes, her professor greeted her by telling her, little girl, you are most obviously lost. The home economics building is next door. And she probably responded, no, sir, this is my class. Thank you very much. Uh, Technical producer JW, get ready to quack. What the is this? (laughs) <laughs> home economics oh my gosh Again, like you said like you keep saying lizzie i don't know where they get the goal yes like, the entitlement to say the things they say it's astounding mm-hmm. well considering how intimidating this environment must have been for her it was 1946 with lots of her classmates being men And they had just come back from the war. Mm. And here's this woman and not only a woman, but also one of Japanese descent trying to get into their turf Mm. and take a class with them. I I just doubt they were very welcoming at all. Yeah, that must have been very tough. Yeah, that sounds like a potentially hostile environment. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, she had someone on her side at the university, the dean, Wilfred J. Holmes quickly noticed her determination and perseverance and encouraged her to keep doing her thing. Oh, good. I bet that really helped having the dean on her side and especially this dude. Okay, he graduated from the U.S. Naval Academy at Annapolis, had a master's degree in engineering from Columbia University. He served in the Navy during World War Two and won a distinguished service medal for coming up with a plan that led to a Japanese defeat during the Battle of Midway in the Pacific. After he retired from the Navy, he became a professor at the University of Hawaii and eventually became the Dean of Engineering. Holmes Hall at the university is named after him. 
Okay, now this is the perfect time to talk about how important it is to have mentors. So yay, Dean Wilfred! Also, special shout out to our interim dean from our time in Syracuse, Randall Corman. He has been seen as a mentor for a lot of us, and he stepped into the dean position during our last year at Syracuse. He is an avid birdhouse maker and also an excellent educator. So yay, woo-woo! Yeah, I love all the things you know about. Dean I know Corman. I didn't know about yeah. the birdhouse making. <laughs> yeah, there was an article. There was an article posted about him because uh, he had oh, also like that. won an award. Yeah, he won an educator award, and that's what he does. He makes birdhouses. Of course, he's into it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember Dean Corman. He was so great and helpful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, little side trip. Little side note. There was a school trip I couldn't afford to go on while I was in Syracuse, and he sponsored my trip. Aww. And when I mean that he sponsored mm-hmm. the trip, probably the School of Architecture, but he made it possible. Mm-hmm. That's really sweet. So, I didn't know that. Thank you, Dean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm glad May had someone like Dean Randall and Dean Wilfred on her corner. So she kept proving herself at classes and eventually people had no choice but to just acknowledge how good she was And then she even became a bit of a celebrity with articles in the newspaper talking about everything she was doing and achieving at the university. Say her name, say her name. You can't ignore excellence. That's right. I'm glad she got recognition. One day before graduating, she was called out of class and I bet everyone was like, ooh, snap, what's going on? (laughs) What's going on? Actually, it turns out that the people at the office wanted to let her know that she had gotten a job acceptance. So when she came back and told the class, all her male classmates knew that she had been chosen over them. Burn. (laughs) Dang. Get it, girl. Rub it in their faces. Um, also, I like that the school was telling her that she got the job instead of, you know, right. like the job telling her yeah. that she got the job. But OK. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure why this <laughs> happened, but <laughs> kind of weird. That's how it but went. we'll take yeah. it for we'll take her it, being yeah. able to rub it in their faces. Yeah. I also wonder, like, was everyone going for the same job? job? Right. I don't it know. sounds like it. Yeah. Right. It sounds like it. She made history in 1950 when she became the first woman to graduate with an engineering degree from the University of Hawaii. Let's party. Yeah. While I was researching the University of Hawaii at Manoa College of Engineering website, I was really excited to find May as a part of their history timeline. She's noted in 1950 as the first woman to receive an engineering degree. I would also like to mention that while other people in the timeline have their own little dedicated pages on the website with a little extra bio on them, May does not have that. Mm. So I wish if anyone at the university is listening to this program, I think it would be really great and well-deserved if May had her own little page too. Yeah, give her a page. Name a building after her while you're at it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'll I'll take that instead. A year after her graduation, she married classmate Rikio Nishio Kahu, also a civil engineer, making them 
one of the first American engineering power couples. Because, you know, that's totally a thing. (laughs) (laughs) And since she was a bit of a celebrity, her wedding was covered by the newspaper. You want to know what they wrote about her? Yeah. Oh, no, actually. I can't tell you that, but I could tell you what she wore. You want to know what she wore? Sure. I love a good fashion moment. And hey, power couple. Very cute. Yes. Tell us all about it. And I love the engineering power couple. We should make it a thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to quote the newspaper here. The bride was gowned in white net over satin fashion with long sleeves, fitted bodice and full skirt ending in a train. She carried roses. Lovely. Mm, beautiful. This is a She Was podcast first where we know what they wore at the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the time of their marriage, she was working with the Territory of Hawaii Highway Planning Department and he was in the design department. Mommy, which means cute and beautiful in Hawaiian. Uh, they graduated. They worked together. Super cute. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure he was also a supportive classmate. Mm-hmm. So good mm-hmm. to know that not all. Yeah, yeah. While she was working there, she was involved in the early planning stages of the H1 freeway. That's the state's first major freeway. Okay. Cool. Always trailblazing. Literally. Blazing mm. <laughs> <laughs> a yeah. trail. True, true, true. <laughs> Fun fact. The company her dad and her uncle worked for were one of the general contractors on that project. So they're keeping it all in the family. I was going to say, it sounds like a family affair. Yeah. May made history again when she became the first woman in Hawaii to be licensed as a professional engineer in 1954. First some, first some, first. (laughs) She moved on from the territory of Hawaii highway planning office to a few other jobs. She worked for the Hawaii Irrigation Authority, the Public Works Department, and the Department of Transportation. Eventually, she found her way back to her alma mater as the director of the facilities planning office. She was responsible for coordinating the planning, budgeting, construction, repair, and maintenance of university buildings and campus. She oversaw construction programs to develop Hawaii's university system with campuses at UH Manoa, Hilo, West Oahu, and some community colleges, too. Ooh, very cool. Nice. May did so, so, so much. But her real passion was mentoring, educating, Mm. and inspiring female engineer students and professionals. To that end, she joined the Society of Women Engineers, SWE, And she remained active for 60 years. She even helped create the SWE Hawaiian Islands section. Yeah, I love hearing about groups like these. Yeah, it's so great that she wanted to get more women in the profession and mentor those who were already in it. Mm -hmm. Pearl Yamaguchi, an electrical engineer and member of the Society of Women Engineers, says that May was always so proud of the things other people were doing. And I quote, She was more proud of us and what we were doing than what she did herself. Yeah. I mean, let's not get it twisted. She was a boss within her own right, but it's always great for us to see others succeed, you know? Yeah, agreed. In 1958, 
She served as Hawaii's delegate to the first International Conference of Women Engineers and Scientists, where they discussed the role of women engineers and the future of engineering. Ooh, cool. The first International Conference of Women Engineers and Scientists, ICWES, ran from June 15 to 21st in 1964 to coincide with the World's Fair in New York. The conference planners first thought there would be about 300 participants, but the conference blew everyone away by bringing together almost double that number with over 500 people from more than 35 countries. After such a great success, a committee was started to pick the location of each successive conference, and they generally happen in different cities all over the world every three years to this day. Oh, that's so neat. I didn't know all that. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, somewhere May found some time to be a mama. She had three children, Richard, Susan, and Sybil. Cute. Whoa, she did it all. Mm-hmm. Everything. <laughs> In 1983, she retired as director of facilities planning at the University of Hawaii and went on to travel the world with her husband and become even more involved with the various organizations that she was a member of, such as the SWE, which we talked about, and the Altrusa International Club, Hawaii District, a service organization of professional women. She was even the president of that one for a while. Oh, cool. Dream retirement plan. Travel the world. Yeah, no kidding. I want to do that real bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. She received the 2017 Lifetime Achievement Award by the Hawaii Council of Engineering Societies for her contributions to the field of engineering and blazing a trail for women to follow. Looking at a list of award winners, it seems that she was the first and only woman to this day to win that award. Unfortunately, two days before the ceremony was held, May passed away on February 23rd, 2017 in Honolulu. She was 88 years old. Oh my gosh. I can't believe she Mm -hmm. died right before it. But it sounds like it was a well-deserved award. Yeah. 2017, the Lifetime Achievement Award. Like the, mm, the timing sounds... Like, not right that it took until that time for her to get awarded. But it's still so sad that she died right before. I know. At least she knew it was happening. True. Her family attended the award ceremony and her daughter Susan accepted the award for her. Mm. To this day, May continues to mentor, educate, and inspire. To quote Pearl, the electrical engineer I mentioned earlier, she says that, Even though May's body is gone, they still talk about her all the time and her memory lives on. As long as she's not mentoring them as like a ghost, I'm okay with that. To go back to our (laughs) earlier discussion about legends and stuff. (laughs) Yeah, mentoring in spirit, not as a spirit. Exactly. (laughs) I'm sure she's mentoring like all the ladies we talk about mentor us. 100%. Through their passion. Yes. Just... Tie back into our earlier discussion about spirits and <laughs> legends and stuff. <laughs> well, not only her memory lives on, but also her legacy. Mm. The SWE Hawaii began a 50,000 May Nakatani Nishioka scholarship fund to be awarded annually with the first scholarship awarded in August 2021. 
This scholarship is open to Hawaii residents pursuing a STEM career that identify as women, non-binary, transgender, two-spirit, and or third gender. So listeners, if that sounds like you, check out our show notes for links to the scholarship page. Yes, I love this. This is great. I want to end May's story today by sharing a few words her daughter Susan said when she accepted her mother's Lifetime Achievement Award. As someone who overcame challenges, she now offers a challenge to you. Find and nurture the next generation of engineers, children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, neighborhood kids, at career fairs and schools, especially at your alma mater. Offer summer internships for high school and college students. Mentor someone. The knowledge and insight you will give will be repaid a thousandfold in the excitement, curiosity, and energy they give back to you. End quote. I think this perfectly sums up everything Maya was about. Yes, and it should be a model for everyone. If we want to have a more inclusive profession, we have to look at bringing people up and introducing these industries to more people. Yeah, could not agree with you more. I think it also exemplifies how much mentorship meant to May mm, yeah. and how she continues her legacy. Yeah, for sure. Before we arrive at our Karyatid section, let's talk about today's sponsor. Yeah. Travel by Design, <laughs> an original podcast from Marriott Bonvoy Traveler. It's hosted by architectural critic Hamish Kilburn, discussing all the things luxury hotels and travel experiences. Yeah. Super excited about this podcast. Me too. Each episode, you're transported to a new location from a secluded overwater villa in the Maldives to a rejuvenated royal palace in Budapest to a trendy hotspot in downtown Los Angeles. I mean, you're going everywhere. Mm. <laughs> You know, on our show, we love telling the stories of our ladies and try to get a glimpse of the projects that they worked on. So we're just happy to hear more stories from other cool places from around the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when I say transported, I really mean it. I really feel like I'm there while I'm listening to the episodes. It's like an auditory arc venture. That's <laughs> such a good way to describe it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And we have to credit Travel by Design Show for adding more places to our adventure list. But mm. it's great to hear the stories behind these designs from the designers themselves. They spill all the tea that us designers want to know. Another thing I really enjoy about the Travel by Design podcast is that is their historical descriptions. Because, ladies, you know how I like my history. <laughs> you do. <laughs> On the episode, Budapest become royalty at the Matilde Palace. Hamish and the designer of the hotel talk about the previous owner of the palace, which, spoiler alert, she was a royal lady. And they also talk about how she used the palace and why. Yeah, it's super interesting to hear the history of the space and how they kept the feel of those historical elements, but used modern elements too. Like how they incorporated lots of turquoise blue that you see throughout the city into the finishes or how the bathrooms were like mini spas because that's like a huge part of the culture there. Yeah. And they also talk about the rich history of the city of Budapest and the context around the palace. Really, 
all the things you want to know about in one show. Mm. Yes. I love how in-depth they go with the city and the country that they talk about. It really paints yeah. the picture, you know. I really encourage you to go on a journey and search for the Travel by Design in your podcast player. We'll also include a link on our show notes so you can go to our show notes and get it there. Thank you, Travel by Design, for your support of our show. Yes, thank you. Now it's time for our karyotid. Lizzie, please remind us, what is a karyotid? Absolutely. A karyotid is a stone carving of a woman used as a column or a pillar to support the structure of a Greek or Greek-style building. In each episode, we present a karyotid, a woman who is working today, furthering the profession through their work, and who ties into the historical woman of our episode. All right. Drumroll, please. Pearl Yamaguchi! Pearl Yamaguchi is an alumni of the University of Hawaii at Manoa, just like me. Yeah. yeah. Pearl graduated with a BS in electrical engineering. She's had a varied career working as project engineer, nuclear engineer, research specialist, a lot of important things. Whoa. Nuclear engineer sounds intense and like real legit. It's like if they're all related, but not. <laughs> it's very cool, though. Yeah. I'm sure they have electrical engineering related to it, I guess. Yeah, just uh, let me sure. There's probably overlap. Yeah. The reason she's our to today is because she regards May as a great inspiration and priceless mentor throughout her career to this day. And in May's lifetime, the two of them were very close. I cake cute. I love it. Pearl pays this mentorship forward. She's a member of the SWE and is a champion of the May Nakatani Nishioka Scholarship Fund. Mm, so good. Whoop, whoop. Pearl also encourages others to begin scholarships and mentors on how to become better at fundraising. I would love to... Listen to her talk about this. Yeah, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. That's something they definitely don't teach us about. Mm -hmm. No, I like that she's so committed to helping as many women in the profession as she possibly can. Yes. The true epitome of a karyotid, holding the future up for future generations. Love it. Yeah, well, this is wonderful. All right. Today, we're going to visit the Agora. <laughs> In Greek society, the Agora was the central meeting place of the city where news was shared. Okay, Narjiri, give us some good news from our listeners. Today, we want to give a shout out to Osman Herrera. He is very excited because this year he became a mentor at ACE. ACE is an architecture, construction, and engineering mentorship program across the U.S. They mentor high school students interested in our field, by conducting a school year long project where they get to learn the fundamentals of design and construction guided by professional volunteers like Osman. That is so cool. And congrats to Osman. Yes. OMG. That is so awesome. Okay. We yeah. talk, I mean, this episode, we've definitely talked about mentorship and we talk about it all the time. And I don't think we've ever mentioned about this organization because ACE, it's a great program. I personally know a couple of people that have worked in the ACE organization and I know a couple of ACE mentors aside from Osman. 
Um, but what I love about this group is that they're really passionate about bringing more people into the industry as well as keeping folks in the industry through mentorship and allyship. So congrats, Osman. Also, yay! listeners, be, we want to share good news uh, through the Agora. So if you have good news to share, big or small, did you get pregnant, birth a baby? Did you pass an exam? Did you get a promotion? Did you leave your job for a better opportunity? Let us know. We'd love to share the good news with others. So email us at shebuildspodcast at gmail.com. Yes, please. All right. It's that time of the episode again. Time to say aloha. Before we sign off, we want to say mahalo to CMYK for the music, John W., our technical producer, and most of all, mahalo noi loa to you for listening. We also want to give a special shout out to the Society of Women Engineers, the University of Hawaii College of Engineering, and the Star Advertiser newspaper for the information that you share on May, which made this episode possible. Remember to check out our show notes for links to all of our resources on this episode, as well as pictures of the projects we've talked about. Yes, yes. Go to the show notes. We have so many good things there. We hope you enjoyed learning about May and Pearl along with our banter and that you are inspired to find out more about them and other amazing professional ladies. Again, mahalo nui loa. Please let us know what you thought of our episode. If you've enjoyed it, help us spread the word. Tell your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, your mentors, your mentees, your daughters, your brothers and sisters and mothers. Tell them to give us five stars on iTunes, write us a review, and this will all help us reach a wider audience and for more people to learn about these amazing ladies with us. We are excited to hear from you and for you to come back and keep learning about women bosses with us. You can email us your thoughts at shebuiltspodcast at gmail.com, leave a comment on our website, shebuiltspodcast.com, or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at shebuiltspodcast and on Twitter at shebuiltspod. Aloha! Aloha! I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders, Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that <laughs> then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real 
to this day, I, I I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh the one that God. came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success.